Okay, so our speaker today is Stephanie. And um, yeah, so Stephanie, the floor is yours. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. I'm an alcoholic and a person in recovery. It is good to see you all. Um, well, I don't know where I'm going to necessarily start, but uh, we'll see where we end up. Um, so I kind of guess uh, I see a few people I don't exactly know. So I thought I would do a little introduction of like five minutes or something about myself. Um, if it's not obvious by accent, um, I'm from New Zealand. Um, I was born and raised here. Um, I'm 30 years old. I don't know if that's of any information. Um, and yeah, so I grew up in a normal sort of suburban household, both uh, both present parents and uh, moved around a lot as a kid. Uh, my family separated. Um, I don't have siblings, so it's just me. And uh, I went to university, university student. So there was a lot of drinking and stuff like that. Um, but we'll get into that. And uh, I guess the start of my story, I guess where I got sober is kind of, I like starting from this point and going backwards a bit. Um, so I got sober in Vancouver. Um, in British Columbia when I moved to Vancouver in the pandemic. Um, it was kind of a, a very impulsive decision to be with um, my partner at the time. And uh, I decided to go and move. And uh, within about, mm, I would say within the first six months, my drinking just went ballistic. And at least for me, it was there was sort of that moment where I knew that things were getting very dangerous um, just in my own mental well-being and sort of how I was dealing with the world. Um, there was a lot of stuff um, because I, I made the decision. Like I said, I made the decision to move to Canada in a pandemic and there was just a lot of consequences that came from that, uh, specifically kind of being trapped in a country that I wasn't prepared to be trapped in. Um, intentionally moving for three months turned into two years. And so, yeah, my, my drinking kind of started with being very, very isolated. Um, I was me and my partner and lockdown was not exactly the most pleasant situation and you know at the end of the three months when it was time for me to sort of look at going back home um New Zealand's borders were just incredibly shut and it was uh basically a lottery and sort of in terms of how to get back to this side of the world so I stayed um I stayed there and um you know it was just it was a very lonely time I didn't have any friends um like I said, me and my partner, and uh, there was a big incident. I, I'm going to try and shorten this down. I don't know why. I feel like I need to start the story. But, um, yeah, I had an incident with alcohol. My therapist said, you might need to try AA. And I said, uh, fuck no, we're not doing that. Um, but I listened, and I went to a meeting, and I just sat out there for about two weeks. Um, I drove 20 minutes to go down the road, and would just sit outside the meeting and looked at these people and judged them all and went, nah, no, thank you, and started in the Zoomiverse. Uh, that's where I originally kind of came into the rooms I found meetings based out of Vancouver and was just attending traditional and I went to traditional um then restrictions loosened and I was able to go in person so better sponsor I've done the steps um I have not been arrested or done rehab but um yeah I've, I've done it sort of the the very traditional sort of AA way um I think within the first three in-person meetings I asked someone to sponsor me and they said yes and I did the the 12 steps in the traditional sense I've done them in a secular way, so I'm not, I don't know, I don't feel like touching on the steps so much, but um, it's been a really interesting journey, and finding secular was just, um, it started through a intergroup, and then, of course, um, someone in Tasanoa, who I won't name, but, you know, did the post in the chat, and I saw this this meeting of Tasanoa come up, and I went, oh, okay, let's, let's go and check this out, and uh, this has pretty much been where I've kind of made home for the past uh, 18 months, pretty much, of my recovery and it's been pretty amazing um 
I moved back to the side of the world. I'm currently in New Zealand um, nearly over a year ago. And it was the, it was a very difficult time. It was not something that I ever kind of, I knew I had to come back to this part of the world, but I fought it for months and months and months. And if you knew me around that time, uh, you, a lot of you were trying to push me to book flights because I was not in a very uh, healthy place in, in my relationship and it was time to leave and I was being stubborn and didn't want to. Um, but I got on that plane and I remember going to Westside Agnostics and crying in, in Vancouver Airport and being so broken, but realizing I had my sobriety and I had all of you around was just a very comforting feeling. So came back here. Uh, I guess the only downside really apart from well, there's multiple downsides to being back in this part of the world, but one of them is missing a lot of my meetings that I used to go to. I was a very big meeting junkie. Um, eight meetings a day was pretty damn normal for me, especially in early recovery um, and going in person. Um, I still do one in-person meeting a week, um, and that's been that's been really nice to just have the one. Um, I probably should go more, but I'm pretty content with just going one. Uh, so the way to kind of summarize that's kind of, that but if we go back you know I probably started drinking when I was in high school uh high school was pretty damn good and then university it took off I was the the token drinker um I'm only four foot nine so I'm very small but uh, I could drink people under the table and I was just the person who was always just going ballistic and it was I mean even if it is a binge drinking culture in New Zealand it's still something that I didn't take very seriously um and I think now it's it's a lot harder being around um I work for a university and it's just difficult hearing students go around about drinking. So for me, I'm like, because I know what that was like for me, just so many parties. And yeah, drugs is definitely part of my story. I'm not going to deny that either. Um, there was a lot of instances with drugs and reminding myself that um, I can't do either of those things. Um, there's someone in a meeting that says they can't, cannot guarantee their consumption or behavior when they pick up a drink or drug. And uh, I have happened to very much agree with that. Um, so I kind of want to summarize, I guess, I know I don't really like talking too much about myself, but I think I wanted to make it a bit different. So I thought, well, what has recovery taught me um, and the things that I have to remind myself? So simple things like they might seem simple, but they're not. They're still hard things for me to learn. Um, so the first thing is I have to be in recovery for me. Um, I came into recovery for someone else, for my ex-partner. And uh, that was probably the I mean, it, it got me in the door, but it was probably the worst decision in the hindsight of things because. I was trying to make, I was trying to make them very happy and, you know, me getting sober and clean was definitely a big part of that. And uh, I had to realize that once our relationship sort of fell to the ground, I, I had to find within myself to keep going um, because it was a big part of me that went, okay, my relationship just failed. Well, stuff sobriety, stuff recovery. I may as well just go back out. But I realized, well, keep giving this a go. And I will hold on to one thing my traditional sponsor said is, give it a year. When you come into recovery, give it a year. And if you don't like it after a year, you can leave. And I've been here over a year and I'm pretty damn happy. So yeah, being in recovery for myself, not uh, my friends, my family, um, simple things. Um, the second one is um, warning signs. Warning signs exist when I am getting cranky and swirly. Um, I've kind of written it out now. I have like a traffic light system of simple things like, you know, making sure I'm getting enough sleep is, is a big one for me making sure that I'm actually going outside. Um, I have a degree in trees and yet I hide in my house more times than I care to admit. So going outside is pretty damn important. Um, but just simple things like that. Um, I think a, a more recent one for me is checking my impulses. I'm incredibly impulsive and I forget that sometimes. So simple things like, oh, actually 
have some food before you leave the house. Don't just, you know, go out and grab some junk food. Just try and those simple things I just didn't know how to do. And, uh, you know, I don't, it's not anyone's fault necessarily, but it's just little things that I'm still trying to learn. Um, the third one is I still want to escape. I, I still, that hasn't gone away. And I think I was very pink cloud moment when I first came into recovery thinking that, you know, I'll love reality. I'll love living my life. And that's definitely not the case. Um, it's a fight of wanting to consciously be in recovery, not only for being here, but for just not wanting to escape reality. Because there's still that fantasy element of my life that I kind of can fall into where I just kind of start daydreaming and going down a road where I know is very unhealthy for me. So trying to stay in reality is still a very, very big challenge. Um, learning to let people in. This is really a big one for me um, in recovery. It's been a big challenge because I realized that I have never been so closed off before. Even if I look at my previous friends, yeah, they might have known me, but they didn't know who I was, what my upbringing was like. And uh, trying to let people in is a really hard challenge, trusting people, um, especially when it came to back in my using and drinking days, it was just, if, if you had drugs or you had alcohol, I'll trust you. But now I'm, I'm trying to learn to let people in. And that's still uh, a big challenge. Um, other addictions run around when I first got sober. And uh, that's the one thing I like about this where I can talk about whatever. Um, when I first got sober, because that was the first thing for me, so put down the alcohol and all the other addictions came out, codependency, validation, just everything. And that's still one of the most interesting slash challenging things for me in recovery is that while there's still process addictions behind the scene that still come out and say, you know, you should do this and you should do this. And I'm not in any risk of going out and relapsing or anything like that. I'm, pre I'm pretty content in my recovery, but process addictions definitely play a big, big, big role in my life. And uh, learning that I, I'm not necessarily here to make friends. And uh, this is a hard one. Uh, I think when I came in, I wanted a friendship with everyone in this room. And I had to realize, and it's probably, I feel like this is the only place I can say this safely, is just I'm here for myself and it's, it sometimes feels really selfish to say that. And I think that is one thing that broke up uh, was a contributing factor, at least to my relationship ending um, was that I, ha I have to be selfish in my recovery and put it first. And that definitely comes with, I'm here, not necessarily to make friends with everyone. I'm here to be your support, your, your sister, brother, whatever you need. You're my family. But at the same time, I've got to protect myself and that hard the hardest lesson I'm learning is putting my own oxygen mask on first. Um, it's been a lesson this year of just putting me first and taking the time to look after myself. And I'm definitely my best friend and my own worst critic. Um, looking at my journal, I've been journaling pretty consistently for the past four months. And it's been painful to look at the fact that I really haven't put myself first. And sobriety and recovery is the the biggest gift I've given myself and I have to take it pretty damn seriously. And uh, I don't know if it's just me, but and maybe it is, but it's just also my rambling of consciousness is I, I sometimes get salty because I didn't realize that how much this is life or death for me, at least like I just have gotten to this point where I know that if I was to go out and use a substance, a drink drug, it's with everything's off and, and I lose pretty much all I've gained. And I also lose, the fellowship of being in multiple rooms with people and having a family of my own choosing, as they say. 
Yeah, I don't want to lose that. And uh, it's just been a big lesson that while I want so, so much to just save everyone, it's such a hard lesson to learn to save myself. And finding that inside myself has been the biggest the biggest thing because um, I think sobriety is teaching me how to love myself. And that is a very strange feeling. And people accept me for who I am. And that's still new and scary. Um, because I just didn't feel very excited. I guess that's the only thing I can really remind myself and relate myself back to is probably being about four or five and just feeling so out of out of the sync with the world. And now I kind of like have a group of people who get me and it's really cool. Um, and sometimes I forget the the little things that recovery has given me. So yeah, I think the, the last thing that recovery has taught me and probably the biggest one is that I have the ability to do anything. I have freedom. And uh, that's what recovery has given me is freedom and the opportunity to do what I want. And I didn't think that was ever possible. Uh, I kind of always self-sabotage, sell myself short. Um, I think, you know, my mom said to me, she's like, you have a master's degree. Like, look, here's your photo. She showed me for my when I graduated. Whoops. And uh, I just went like, oh, okay. I still don't feel that about myself that I'm this student that somehow got this freaking degree I'm just a human I'm just me and it's nice to have Tustin to come to it's my favorite place to kind of be able to be open and say that you know it's not recovery's given me a lot and I'm so lucky I just forget it so frequently and uh remind myself I do have a third step thing I wrote but I'm not going to read it it's just I have to be for myself I have to be willing to help other people and service has been amazing for that. I will say that services that has kept me in recovery so, so, so much. But uh, now I'm not just looking after myself and I'm still, you know, I do get nervous that I'm, I might go out one day. I definitely, it's not like it's far from my mind. Um, but I definitely know that I have enough people to call around the world. And that's the one thing I love is I can be in a Zoom world and meet people from all over the world. And that is the one thing I kind of hold on to in my recoveries, because as much as people say to me, why do you go online? Because I get to meet people from all around the world. I don't feel so alone in my own little bubble of the world down in New Zealand. So um, it's really great to be here. It's good to see you. Um, I'm going to stop my ramblings because I don't know. I feel like I've rambled enough, um, but it's good to see everyone. And I hope you uh, have a good day. Thanks. Thanks, Louisa.